Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but that can help us all to grow. In each episode, we spend some time catching up and share something that we've really enjoyed recently that we think you will enjoy too, whether it's a podcast, a book, a TV show, or something else entirely. And then we go on to discuss a topic that we think is really relevant to where a lot of us are right now, whether it's things we're going through or things we're thinking about, but maybe people aren't actually having a conversation about these things. So we want to open up that conversation. We want to hear from you. So please get in touch from the details that are in the show notes below. And hopefully you find this helpful. So how are you doing? I feel like you are on like a serious adventure time kick at the moment I'm very jealous slash impressed um I am I'm also very tired I <laughs> honestly I just feel like we've not stopped I even feel like I haven't properly processed that we've left Croatia and we're not going back yet um so we had the wedding and then we were away in the forest of Bolan for three days and then side note how underrated is the forest of Bolan oh, it's stunning my it is absolutely beautiful. I mean, that should just be a recommendation on its own. It is basically like cute villages of the Cotswolds, hiking like in the Peak District or the Lake District. Absolutely stunning. And that just feels like no one goes there. It's I'd beautiful. I'd never heard of it. And then Alex saw your Instagram stories and was like, oh my God, where on earth is Helly? That looks absolutely stunning. I want to go. And I was like, well, she's doing her job well. Oh. <laughs> literally someone else at the pub last night was like i'm gonna book that lodge you were staying at yes <laughs> that's what i want to hear but um then we fly to portugal today for another job which is also very exciting but the itinerary is packed. so um yeah and i need need to do my job in there somewhere so all all good fun i am looking forward to sleeping when we get back on thursday although we don't get back until 1am so Ooh, don't know how much i'll sleep but you know oh god that's but i am looking forward to a bit of sunshine yes what's the weather like in portugal at the moment it must be quite nice yeah it's 22 23 degrees although this week is unusually windy apparently so we did have a boat trip but it's been cancelled which is sad do you know what when we went so i can't remember where you said you were going but i feel like you said you were going to sintra um it was Hmm. so windy I was like shocked at how cold I was because it was so windy. So take like layers with you. Yeah, this was the thing. I was like, is it going to be hot wind? Probably not because it's not peak peak summer. No, so um, we went it- we went like middle of May because we went for my birthday. And I, when we were like not by the water, it was it was hot. But when the wind mm. picked up, it was like an icy Atlantic wind. Oh God! Okay. Yeah, this is why I look like I've overpacked. I'm basically going for three days, but we have a massive, which we're sharing the suitcase to be fair, but it is a massive suitcase. I've got to pack layers and you've yeah, just confirmed that for me. There's nothing worse than that feeling when you get away and you're like wearing the same two things the whole time because they're the only like semi-warm things you've packed. Exactly. Um, but how are you? What have you been up to? I'm good. Well, yesterday morning, I took Alex to his first ever spin class. <laughs> Oh my God. So is he okay? Well, it all transpired because Friday night I went on the wait list for a spin class and I was like, okay, if I wake up in the morning and um, if I wake up in time and I'm on the class, I'll go. If not, I'll take it from the side of the universe. So I got on the class and then it said there were three more spaces. So I was like, 
why don't you come with me? And we'd had some bad news in the morning about like jobs and stuff. So he wasn't in the best mood, understandably. And I was like, come to spin with me. Like nothing will get you out of that funk more. Like you need to get some endorphins going. It will help you get out the anger. Like it will be really, really good for you. After 40 minutes of trying to convince him, he did sign up. And I was like, yes, I've won. I've won. I've won. The only thing is, though, we got there. And anyone who's ever done like a few spin classes will know that you've got to set your bike up properly. Otherwise, it's like it's just an assault on your nether regions, frankly. Um, And we got in there a little bit late. Like it started at 9.15 and we walked in at 9.15 because we'd got onto the class so last minute. So we run in, I set up my bike, I look behind Alex, like, you good? And he's like, yeah. So we start and I'm in front of him, so I can't see anything. And the instructor is like going like great guns. She did the whole class with us. I was like, that to me is like, how, 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 like how fit are you as a human being? Um, And I was like dripping like literally dripping with sweat. The aircon wasn't working. So it was like bloody Bikram spin. And I kept looking back to Alex and I was like, you good? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Um, and the instructor was like, if anyone's having any problems with their bike, let me know. We finished the class. I am like buzzing, like to a point where I'm almost like whooping and cheering because the endorphins have hit me. The vibe generally was a bit low and I felt like being like, come on, guys, we've done it. What a great way to start the bank holiday week. (laughs) I was like peak high energy, annoying Charlotte. And I was like, contain yourself. You're in public. Just contain yourself. And Alex says on his bike and he's like hobbling. And I'm like, are you okay? And he's like, that seat has ruined me. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I've never experienced pain like this. I'm sorry what and he's like I didn't know how to adjust the bike and I was like why didn't you say something and I was speaking to my friend about this um and she was like oh my husband would be exactly the same just wouldn't say a word I'm like what is wrong with people like why would you not say it so the poor guy today is hobbling he got home but this is one of those things like I love him dearly he's an incredible human being but if men had to have children I genuinely think the human race would not exist like Honestly, he sat down the sofa like, my ass. <laughs> like, this poor man is horrified. But, but, and I was like, okay, you have to come with me again because the first spin class is by far the worst. Like, your body has never experienced anything like 100%. that. 100%. Yeah. First one is horrific. And I'd forgotten how horrific it can be. But I was like, now you know how to adjust seats and everything. No, never do it again. No. Scott. Okay. And I was like, well, you can get like a gel cushion. Nope. Not doing it. I was like, okay. He was on a rampage. Like Alex does not get angry. Every now and again he'll get angry. And for some reason I find it really funny. Like, so he's like ranting and raving. And I'm sitting there like, I have to leave the room and like go and stand in the bedroom because I'm laughing and he is like very angry. Oh my god. (laughs) Like spitting venom. I mean, bless her, it was awful. Anyway, last night he goes, so I've signed on for next week's spin class. Oh, that's a change of heart. I know. And I was like, see, this is the thing. Spin is addictive. And I was like, I think I'm going to order him like a little seat cover from Amazon this week. Um, I just love the idea of us going and doing spin every Saturday morning. Like, I love that. But, oh, my God, bless his soul. 
I felt, I literally was like, you, I promise you, you will not feel worse. You will feel so good afterwards. Get outside your comfort zone. It'd be so good for you. And this poor man leaves the spin studio like I have beaten him up. And I was like, ah. He was given the opportunity, is what I'm going to say. This is exactly what I said. I had limited sympathy because I was like, you deal with far more like socially stressful situations on a daily basis and that you could have asked her to help you adjust your seat like yeah um but bless his soul but now he's a convert to spin so i'm actually amazed that he still is despite that experience it took me like a at least a week after my first spin class to decide i would go back yeah the first one is by far the worst now my bum does actually hurt a bit from the seat yesterday because I haven't done one in so long. But on principle, I've not told him this. <laughs> like, I feel bruised. Oh, sorry. That's me. That's Alex being reminded Alex is going to work tomorrow. Um, yeah, I am I am a bit bruised, but I refuse to admit this to him because... Yeah, you can't now. I can't. It's I can't. Too far gone. I can't. Yeah. Also, like, out of principle, I'm like, see, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I if you adjusted your seat right, then you would be in perfect comfort the next day. Exactly. But I feel like I can't be the only person who does this with their partner who's like, nope, I am proving myself right, even if it hurts me. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. Bless his soul. I just felt so bad. He's like, I want to go and get pastry. And I was like, no, let's go and like, let's go exercise. We'll feel amazing. Oh, we missed out on pastry and had to, oh. Yeah, I was peak wanker, to be perfectly honest. And then we, came back and watched, then we came back and watched part of the coronation and I was just like, huh. And that's literally all the news channel have played. Last night we ended up watching oh my God. of yeah. them. We watched footage of them practicing the coronation, even though the coronation had then happened. Very bizarre. Yeah, I I watched the whole thing because my grandma was was here. We watched the whole thing and then it ended and the news started and they played the highlights from it. Um, we sat and watched that as well. We were watching it last night like, and Alex was like, why are we watching this? I was like, you've got the fucking TV remote. We watched two loops. For- I was like, Jesus, he's really getting into this. I don't want to say really anything. Like he's had a rough day. I don't want to say anything. <laughs> They're watching the bloody coronation all night. <laughs> And he's um he didn't realize he was the one with the remote control. So yeah, we we know a lot about the coronation now. I also have a lot yeah. of thoughts, but probably for another time. Yeah, mainly why was Prince Andrew there? But mm, yeah, but it was fine because they put him in the corner. <laughs> I mean, he should have been in handcuffs, in my opinion. But oh, is that slander? Slander. I don't think they're. Uh... I don't think they're checking uh, our podcast. <laughs> I know, but I still don't want to end up in prison at some point. Then it could imprison imprison you for something that's true. <laughs> and if not, now we'll both be there, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what is your recommendation of the week? My recommendation this week is it's a documentary on, uh, well, a docu series on Netflix called American Manhunt, and oh, I will I say watch this, but. I feel it like is, nightmares. It is pretty heavy going. So it looks at the days following the Boston Marathon bombing in 2013. And obviously most people are aware of the bombing. I had no idea about the following days and a huge scale manhunt that followed. There was a 
shootout in this small residential town nearby. The suspect oh. shot a campus police officer at um, like Cambridge, where the university is, just outside of Boston. Um, I had no idea that they locked down the entire city of Boston and surrounding metro area for like, I think it was like two days, like 36 hours maybe. The entire city went into lockdown and there was a shelter-in-place order. People wow. actually did it. People, there's like footage of the city just like a ghost town. It's honestly unbelievable to see. And I had no idea that this happened. And one of the suspects was killed in that initial, like in the shootout the following day. And then the second suspect was found in the in a boat in someone's backyard in another oh. residential area. And I just had no idea that this had all happened and kind of the the work that went into it from the I guess the emergency services perspective but also the people of Boston and that area and kind of the things that had the way that they came together and really like followed orders so well because of this attack on their city um is quite like the first episode where you see all of because there's so much footage as well because it was the marathon everyone's filming stuff on their phone I didn't realize that Boston, it's like a, it's a holiday for them, the Boston Marathon. Like they get the day off work. Everyone goes wow. into the city, everyone's celebrating. There's like marathon parties. There's like this huge sense of communities. Everyone's filming and the footage, this is how they initially identified the suspects because there was so much video footage, not just CCTV, but phone footage as well. And obviously TV footage that they were able to piece like what had happened together by using footage that people people sent in like millions of hours of footage from their phones to try and help the police identify and so yeah it is you see some very obviously it's harrowing some of the footage is really really upsetting but it's also incredible to I guess see the full picture of the story and what went on in the days that, that followed um it's three episodes in the documentary um okay might add that to the list because it when the boston marathon bombing happened i remember thinking at the time like it feels like a very close community has been targeted Mm. because i feel like if you meet someone from boston or you or you speak to people who like love boston they really really love it but like Mm -hmm. it's a different kind of energy to people who love new york do you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. yeah. It feels like a small town that's very big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, the I mean, you get that from, from the interviews and stuff as well. It's, yeah, it's really interesting. It is a bit hard watching, obviously. Um, but I just had no idea of what had gone on in those following days. And I, I definitely think it's worth a watch. And I also couldn't believe that it's been 10 years. In my mind, it was like five years ago. I, I know. When you said 2013, I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Um, what's your recommendation? So it's The Paper Palace by Miranda Cowley Heller. And it's a well-known book. Like it's number one New York Times bestseller. I finished it a couple of weeks ago and I know we discussed it last weekend. Um, mm-hmm. And it's taken me a few weeks to work out whether or not I wanted to recommend it because it wasn't the sort of book that I felt set on fire by but yeah I've not stopped thinking about it and I always think that's a really interesting 
effect for a book to have on you if you're not sure you loved it, but then you can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's quite special. And I think what it is, I know we discussed it, but like I think what it is is it's it's very ordinary. A lot of it is very ordinary in terms of like how people would actually react in real life. And mm-hmm. shock of the year. A book I'm recommending is a multi-generational family drama set over about 40 decades, 40, 40 decades, four decades. Shock. It's like my number one favorite type of book. And that is why I read it. I was like, yes, we've got flashbacks. We've got childhood. We've got adulthood. We've got all of that. And it's centered around one woman. And in the first kind of like couple of pages, you find out that she has slept with a childhood friend, um, which means they've both cheated on their respective spouses. And that it's the next 24 hours following like that encounter and the 24 hours afterwards, but it jumps back and it kind of looks at so many things like generational trauma and how people come to make the decisions they do from like mm-hmm. seemingly really insignificant moments in their life to actually where they are today and who they are and how it's not always possible to live like a, I guess like a Hollywood lifestyle. And by that, I just mean like following your impulses and doing what you see in movies. Like everyone has different responsibilities and it's never actually as clear cut in real life. How you like the choices you should make and the outcomes that come from it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've thought about it so much. I know we discussed it in so much depth. I'm not going to say anymore because I don't want to like, give any spoilers or ruin the endings I would say it's not an it's not a light book like there are some really dark themes that come up in it um yeah definitely like trigger warning for like sexual assault um and other like things of a similar ilk I guess um but it's a book that's really stayed with me and I always think that's so interesting and yeah I think if you it's a book that makes you think a bit more compassionately about the choices people make, I think. Yeah, I'm actually trying to remember if I recommended it last year when I read it. I'm not 100% sure, but Ooh. I do agree that it does really look at those exchanges on like a micro level, like the very normal day-to-day interactions, and you get to see those, like the very normal flaws that people have. Oh, I think yeah, like all of she the She portrays that so well. Every single one of the characters is thoroughly unlikable, but Mm -hmm. not because they're bad people, but just because I think they're the sort of characters that reflect the things in yourself that you don't particularly like. Mm -hmm. And it does it in a really subtle way, but it means that each character is a little bit like, "Mm." they're not perfect. And I just think that's such a, they're not perfect, but most of them aren't evil. And to convey that is quite difficult to do, I think. Because often the response is to go one extreme or the other, like they are good or they are bad. So to have most characters operate in that gray area, I think is really important. Yeah, I I remember being exactly the same. It did take me a while to get into the book. And then I think because there's not one standout character that you're like, oh, this is the hero or this is the heroine. Like we're not really rooting for anyone. But then you end up invested in the story so much 
yeah, I yeah, I thought it was really well written and it did take me a while to get into, but then I think the last probably third I devoured in like afternoon. Yeah, I did the same. I stayed up really late one night reading it because I was like, I just need to know how this ends. Yeah. Yeah, no, she does that really well. Shall we discuss our topic for the week? I'm excited about this one. I am. I am. We are discussing patience and accountability this week. And I think in a world where we have like the instant gratification that comes from Amazon Prime and Netflix and all the technology that's at our fingertips, we've become used to getting things very quickly. And that obviously that's great on the one hand, but I think it can also mean we've become adjusted to more impatience and expecting to get things quicker in our lives in general. I agree. And especially with social media, it's very easy to sit there and think there were so many overnight successes. Mm -hmm. And the point still stands that overnight successes aren't a thing. And if they are, which is very rare, they often don't have the foundations to actually like last for the long haul. Mm -hmm. I always think of like, reality tv winners and stuff like that like the quicker you rise the quicker you fall I really believe that like if you put in the work for a long period of time and you have that patience to like keep going and you keep yourself accountable then I feel like you build a better foundation but that isn't sexy that isn't necessarily fun that isn't that isn't aligned with how we get so much satisfaction in life generally so it's like how do you find that balance and trust in that process yeah, God, I absolutely agree. Like when you talk about patience and being consistent and being accountable, yeah, they're not they're not sexy. They're not exciting. There's you don't have really any instant gratification at all. You've got the delayed gratification, and I think coming to terms with that is a huge part of developing those characteristics. But I also really think if you have patience, it is honestly a competitive advantage over most people because most people will give up sooner or they've got time constraints or they have higher expectations that lead to them giving up earlier because they've not seen the results they wanted quick enough I do think you have an advantage if you can really cultivate patience yeah the only real way to see success I think is to stick with something is to keep Mm -hmm. going it's to almost prove that you have that consistency that you have that ability to stick with it when it's hard because if you do have that very very quick rise and that quick success you also haven't had an opportunity to really build a skill set beneath that. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're sticking with something for months and years, often it is absolutely years and your ego will take a hit in that time. And like you've, your, your like willpower will be tested. I think ultimately their characteristics that are really important in successful people as well. And you're, the only mm-hmm. way to cultivate that is to go through that, period of needing patience and like sticking with something even when it doesn't feel like glamorous and fun yeah and I think this is where habits come in as well because like you said if you get success very quickly you very likely don't have the foundation that would sustain that and I do honestly think that humans are capable of so much but impatience and the need for instant gratification kind of undermines that and a lot of our potential comes from habits obviously you need patience to not only form the habit but also see the effect of the habit and the changes that it makes on your life 
it's very easy I think to tell ourselves a very negative story about ourselves in terms of our ability to stick with things to commit to have that accountability because Mm -hmm. we don't always see good examples of it from people around us from society like it does all look very glossy and quick and easy and to stick with something to keep yourself accountable to have that patience it's going to work out it really requires you to like work against a lot of those negative like self beliefs you might have mm-hmm. and to confront some of those like demons you might have and to prove to yourself that you can do it and I think there's something so powerful in proving to yourself you can do things because you mm-hmm. then you have an entirely different narrative because yeah. it's very easy to get in your own head especially when you're if you're requiring, if, if something you're trying to do requires patience, the chances are it's something quite big. It's something that's really important to you because you stuck with it for a long period of time. So mm-hmm. then to have that story that you can remind yourself of, of going, yeah, there was this time I stuck with it, even when it was difficult, even when it was hard, even when it, I wasn't sure I was doing the right thing is really powerful. I Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I, I feel like this is where the different difference, but feel like within patience you also have persistence and I think patience kind of maybe implies that you're waiting for something to happen it might happen on its own whereas I think what we're talking about more here especially if it is something that you're really passionate about and something that's really important to you I feel like a more I guess active form of patience is persistence yeah and it's when you're continuing to work on something, continuing to push through and challenge yourself and get outside of your comfort zone and possibly go against the grain of what everyone else expects from you, even if it is taking longer than you expect. That is yeah. persistence. And persistence is a really powerful thing as well. I mm. always feel like when it comes to persistence, I don't know if like anyone else would say it like this, but I think of leaning into like my four-year-old self I just think like the determination and persistence that like a four or five-year-old, specifically a four or five-year-old girl has like that. Yeah. Kind of like just to ask for it to keep going, that like energy that's there. That's kind of the, the kind of mindset I try and lean into when I have to be persistent, which is like, nope, I can do this. I'm doing it. Because at that point, there's nothing else. She's not received any other cues that she couldn't do it or that it isn't worth doing. And children don't have that, they don't have the fear. They don't have the fear of failure. They don't have the like societal norms, like they don't have that full awareness yet. So, because I think that's what stops so many people as well is, especially if they're trying something new or something is taking years and, and months, years, people are often afraid of looking foolish or making mistakes or getting things wrong. And I think it's really interesting you say about imagining like a four or five year old because they just don't have, that fear of failure they they know what they want and they want to they want to get it they have that gumption yeah like I love that word I do it's such a brilliant word but they kind of just it's that thing if they want to do something they'll just do it and -hmm. there's no ego attached and I think that's also what's really difficult is have it like having that conversation almost with your ego and getting it to back down a bit because especially like you said if you're doing something that's new to you and that you aren't an expert in or that you have no experience in it is such a challenge for your ego 
and your ego will try and protect you and have you go like actually I'm going to stop doing this to not humiliate myself or to like you know this isn't worth doing etc so to stick with something kind of override that is really powerful yeah but then I think a child doesn't necessarily have an understanding of accountability and I do think then you need accountability to not just not create the action but maintain the action to keep pushing to I don't know aim for tick that extra thing off your to-do list or that kind of one percent every day yeah I think that's why we're not just talking about like patience but I think that's why accountability and patience combined are more powerful than just one or the other agree I think patience alone could very quickly lead to being very passive and being like it'll work out Mm. and being like oh the job will come up or I'll meet the person I want to marry like I just have to be patient and yes you do have to be patient but you also have to I mean it goes back to the manifesting conversation we had the other week you Mm. also need to apply for jobs you also need to go on dates you know if you want to get fitter you also have to show up and exercise like you can't like you do need patience to stick with it but it's the accountability that's going to be what drives the results and I think when you have them together that's where it's really powerful because you have that patience to you have the accountability to form the habits and the routines that are going to give you the results but the patience to stick with it for long enough to see the results mm-hmm. and I, I do think as well if that's something you're kind of thinking god how do I even do that because like, I like we said they're not sexy like patience consistency accountability like they don't sound exciting and I think a big part of that is because you're not necessarily getting the gratification or seeing results because it is a longer process and I do think that's why it's really important if you are working for something that has a longer time frame or you're like consistently pushing towards something if you're not seeing achievements and results now I think it's important to look for like signals of progress but you're not going to be instantly successful is it working are you seeing progress do you feel growth are you doing something now that two months ago would have really scared you and now you're doing it comfortably like that that is progress that is growth and I think acknowledging those kind of alternative types of achievements when you are really trying to push through is a great way to keep you accountable because you're still achieving something it might not be the final goal yet because you're still working towards it but those are the, the success markers that are individual to you but also it goes back to that thing about having strong foundations those mm-hmm. little things are going to be what really like helps to give you that knowledge base, that experience, that trust in yourself. You can do it. It's like, you know, when you're, you know, when you're in a job and they go, you can't be promoted yet because you just haven't been in the role long enough. Like it's tenure that you need. I think when I was younger, I used to find that the most frustrating thing in the world because I was like, you can't develop tenure any other way than just time. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a real struggle for that, like patience part of it. But as I've got like a bit older and I've had that experience, I'm like, yeah, of course you just need experience because that's how things come up and you learn how to deal with them and you learn how to develop and you get this arsenal of experience of like different ways to deal with things. And that's really, that's really like powerful. But Mm -hmm. I actually think that's one of the most valuable things you can have and understanding that people who maybe are more senior than you at work or who are older than you in your life or whatever, they don't know everything because they're smarter than you. They know how to respond to a situation because they've probably been there before. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the only way you will have that skill is by also just giving it time. Like 
you're not going to just organically one day know how to solve this problem or how to like do this, like, I don't know, move at the gym or whatever. The only reason other people do it and know how to do it well is because of time and to sticking with it and having that like accountability, but also the patience with themselves, they will get better over time. And that's Mm -hmm. the only way we're going to do it as well. Yeah. And I also think another part of that is if you have that tenure, if you have just that longevity of experience, you get better at being accountable because you can course correct quicker. It doesn't, like you said, it doesn't mean that you're not, if you've been doing something, working on something, aiming towards something, building your skills, whatever it is for two years, three years, 10 years, it doesn't mean you won't still mistakes, still mistakes. It doesn't mean you won't still make mistakes, but then you have the not only the accountability, but also the skills and that foundation that you can course correct really quickly. Yeah, means you're more effective at staying on track to whatever it is that you're still working towards. It's not like you get somewhere and you've completed it and that you're always going to have something you're working towards. I think that's such a huge part of it as well in terms of developing those skills to keep you on track. Yeah, and having that trust in yourself that you can course correct and even if you make the wrong decision there like you'll learn from it and you'll make a better decision in the future Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like it's a you just you end up in a position where you can like reap the benefits of that accountability because you go oh okay actually yeah and it might you might not see it in a way that you expect to initially yeah yeah no I, I agree and I think there's a lot of also very positive side effects that can come from it that you might not expect. I always think if I'm, I'm definitely more patient now than I was a few years ago. And I do think with that has come like better positive self-talk or like I'm definitely more tolerant than I was. I think there's been a lot of other side effects of me understanding that, oh, okay, being patient and being persistent in this process it's a long process, but it's also giving me all of these other things as well, which are more tools in my arsenal. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please don't forget to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on. And we will be back next week with another episode. Bye. Bye.